KMTT Kimitzion, Titzei Torah, and today is Thursday, and today we're beginning a new series for the summer, uh, summer's month, the summer semester. Have Asaf Bednash will be giving a series on different topics in Hilchot Kashrut. Our uh, veteran listeners will remember Harav Bednash from the first half of the winter session when he gave a series of lectures on Hilchot uh, Shabbat, and now he's turning his attention and his considerable skills to uh, Hilchot uh, Kashrut. Harav Asaf Bednash. Today I'd like to discuss the topic of not bar not, which is para food cooked in a milchik or fleshik pot. The Gemara says in Chulin Daf Kuf Yer Aleph Amid Beis, Dogim She'olu B'Ka'orish El Basar Mutter L'Ochlam B'Kutach. That we paskin fish that were put in a fleshik dish, meaning that were put hot in a fleshik dish, are mutter to mix with kutach, kutach, which is a milchik dip. So something prepared in a fleshic utensil can be mixed with milk. Why? Because no sentam bar no sentam is mutter, since it is a transferred taste, which comes from another transfer of taste, a doubly transferred taste, that is permissible, meaning the meat gave its taste into the pot, the pot gave that taste into the fish, so it's a twice-transferred taste, a twice-transferred taste does not count, and these fish are still considered pariv, and therefore you can eat them with milk. <clears throat> what is the reason behind this kula of no sintam bar no sintam? The Ran explains this in the course of explaining another halacha, which is that no sintam bar no sintam only applies to hetera, not to isura. This heter that a doubly transferred taste doesn't count only applies to a doubly tra- a twice transferred taste of heter, such as meat, a taste that is mutter. Meat taste is permissible. Transferred into the pot, that's still permissible. Transferred into the fish a second time, that's still permissible. Now the question is, can I mix it with milk? Yes, I can, because a twice transferred taste, that is a taste of a permitted food, not bar not de hetera, is ignored. However, not bar not de isura, a twice-transferred taste of a forbidden substance is still prohibited. If I cooked ham in a pot, the taste transferred from the ham to the pot, and then from the pot to, say, fish, and then I cooked the fish in another pot, transferred the taste there, cooked corn in that pot, transferred the taste into a corn, it doesn't matter how many times that taste transfers, even if I transfer that taste a million times, as long as that taste is still noticeable, a taste of isser a taste of a forbidden food, is still remains also no matter how many times it's transferred. A second transferred taste of heter, of a permitted food, such as meat, on the other hand, even if one, it is a noticeable taste, even if I can taste the fish, the fish, and I taste a meaty tinge to that fish, I notice the meat taste in that fish, by the very fact that it was transferred twice, it can be ignored. Why is this? Laurent explains that a taste of a forbidden substance, a taste of isser, starts out as isser and remains usser no matter how many times you transfer it. However, a taste of heter such as meat might remain a meat taste after it's transferred into the pot and then transferred into the fish. It's still a meat taste. 
However, since it is a very weak meat taste, it's not an original meat taste, it's not even a once-transferred meat, meat taste, but it's an echo of an echo of that meat taste, even though it retains the halachic status of meat, it is not powerful enough to create a new halachic status of basar v'chalav. If I mix it with milk, it might be meat, but it's not powerful enough to create a new halachic status of the prohibited substance of basar v'chalav, of mixed meat with milk. Meat is mutter, and milk is mutter. It is only forbidden if they create a new iser called basar v'chalav. And any taste that has been twice transferred retains its original identity, but is not important and powerful enough to create any new halachic identities or results. Therefore, as Duran explains, a twice-transferred taste of iser, such as pork, remains usser, but a twice-transferred taste of something mutter, something permissible, such as meat, might remain meat, but it's not powerful enough to create a prohibition of meat mixed with milk, of basar b'chalav. Therefore, even though it is a meat taste, and even though the fish tastes like meat, you can mix it with milk, and no new prohibition will be created. That is the basic halacha in the Gemara. However, the Rishonim argue about the application of this principle. The case in the Gemara is dogim she'alu b'ka'ara shel basar. Fish that were placed, taken off the grill and placed in a fleshic dish. Now this is a very weak transfer of taste. Hot fish placed on a cold dish. Same would be true logically if cold fish were placed on a hot dish. That creates a very weak transfer of taste. The Rivan, Rashi's son-in-law, quoting Rashi, although we don't actually find this in our version of Rashi, and Rashi even seems to contradict this, opinion quoted in his name, but the Rivan, nonetheless, is of the opinion, Oluin nitbashlu lo, that this kula of not barnat only applies to Olu. Only when hot pariv was placed on a cold fleshic dish, or cold pariv was placed on a hot fleshic dish, can we say it was a weak second transfer of taste, and therefore we can ignore that transfer and consider the food pariv. If the par of food was actually cooked in a fleshig pot, however, that creates a very strong transfer of taste because both the pot and the fish are hot and the heat causes a transfer of taste. And therefore, even a second transfer of taste would still be considered fleshig and it would be prohibited to eat this fish with a milchic sauce. The most... Most Rishonim are of the, uh, disagree with the Rivan. Most Rishonim assume that the Gemara just picked an example of Dagim She'alu Bika'arashel Basar, but really any second transfer of taste is still considered Pariv and falls under the heter of Nat Barnat Deheteira. There is an in between opinion as well. The, the rushes of the opinion that nitzlu would be forbidden, but nitbashlu would be permissible. The rush compromises and tell, tells us that fish grilled on a fleshic grill which absorbed their taste directly from the grill, 
have such a powerful taste transferred into them that they would still be considered fleshic. But fish cooked in a fleshic pot, which have a weaker transfer of taste because the taste of meat goes from the pot and is diluted by the water before entering the fish, would still be considered pyrith. We have then three opinions. The most machmir opinion is that of the Rivan, says that we can only be lenient when hot parav was put on a cold fleshic pot. But any time parav was actually cooked in a fleshic utensil, that is considered 100% fleshic, and the whole leniency of this sugya of no sentam by no sentam does not apply. The most lenient opinion is that of is that of most Rishonim, who hold that any time, any type of transfer from fleshic utensil to para food falls under the category of not bar not, no sing tam, bar no sing tam, dehetera, and is considered parif. The in-between opinion says that a direct transfer where a hot parif was put on a hot fleshic baking pan or grill would make it fleshic, but an indirect transfer where parv was merely cooked in water in a fleshic pot, where the taste got diluted by the water, would remain parv. How do we paskin halacha For svardim, the mechaber and simen tzadi hey of Yordea is takes the most lenient approach, that of the majority, the rove poskin. The mechaber says any parv food which was cooked or prepared in any fleshic pot, no matter whether one was hot and one was cold, or they were both hot and it was on the fire, whether it was with water or whether it was grilled or baked, no matter what the circumstances, this falls under the category of no sing tam, bar no sing tam. De hetera, and that food is considered parav, and one may mix it with milchik. However, the ramah is somewhat more machmir. The Ramah quotes Yesh Machmirim, Bitzliya Ubisho Lesser Nosentam or Nosentam, quoting the Rivan, Vamina Glasser Lechachila, Bidyevid Motabchal Inyan. The Ramah compromises. The Ramah says, Lechachila, we are Machmir like the position of the Rivan. Lechachila, if food was cooked or roasted in a fleshic pan, we would not mix it with milk. We would consider it fleshic. Bidi Eved, if it was already mixed with milk accidentally, it was already mixed with milk, then we rely on the majority opinion of uh, most Rishonim and say it's Parev, and therefore when it's mixed with milk, it is a kosher milchic food. So, for example, the Ramah would say, if I cooked spaghetti in a fleshic pot, again, we'll speak of a Benyomo fleshic pot, a pot recently used for meat. Later on, we'll get to the case of non-Benyomo. If I cook spaghetti in a fleshic pot, that spaghetti lechachila, we are machmir, like the opinion of the Rivan, and consider that spaghetti fleshic, and we would not melt cheese onto it. However, bidyevit, if one already melted cheese onto it accidentally, then you don't have to throw it in the garbage, you can eat it. So lechachila, eat it without cheese. But if you already put cheese on it, then we don't want to make you throw it in the garbage, just because of the minority opinion of the Rivan, so you can eat it. The truth is, there is a third uh, more stringent psakalacha found in the Marashal is quoted by the Shach, who says that in the case of Tzli, where Parav was roasted on Fleshik, we should be machmer even Bidyevet if it was mixed with milk to throw it in the garbage. 
However, many postgumen are not machmir like this opinion, and since there would be many exceptions to this case anyway, uh, where for various reasons we can't go into now, there would be room to be mako, in most cases we can assume uh, we can be safe in taking the Psaka the Ramah as our guide, in which case, Dogim Sheolubika Arshal Basar, power of things which were merely placed in a fleshic dish, power of hot things placed in a cold dish, or power of cold things placed in a hot dish, would still be power of. Of course, power of cold things placed in a cold fleshic dish would be power of, because they never absorbed any taste. But even if one was hot and the other was cold, we would consider that power of. However, if the power of food was hot and the fleshic food was hot, such as food cooked in a fleshic pot, or roasted on a fleshic grill, or baked on a fleshic pan, or even hot food, which was somehow coincidentally put onto an empty, hot, fleshic pot, we would say, we consider them fleshic and do not eat them with milk. But if they're already mixed with milk accidentally, we can eat them because the majority opinion says that they would be considered parif, and therefore permitted to eat with milk. The There is one other important factor that comes up here as well, which confuses even many experienced students of halacha in this particular sugya, which is that we must differentiate between two cases which we might call lichat chila. One case is that which I mentioned until now. Lichat chila, mixing already created naparnat with milk. We already have the naparnat. The spaghetti was already cooked in a fleshic pot. Now the question is, lechatchila, can we mix it with milk? That is where Sfardin can lechatchila mix it with milk. But most of us are Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim cannot lechatchila mix it with milk because we are machmir and we suspect the opinion of the Rivan might possibly be correct. There is another question which is called ligrom naparnat lechatchila. Can I create the situation of naparnat in the first place? Can I cook the spaghetti in the fleshic pot in the first place? Now, of course, if I intend to eat the spaghetti with meatballs, I can cook it in a fleshic pot. Or if I intend to eat the spaghetti with ketchup, I can cook it in a fleshic pot. Why not? The question is, if I know that I plan to eat this spaghetti with milk, can I cause it to become a naparnat of meat in the first place. For example, if I know I plan to eat this spaghetti with milk, can I cook it in a fleshic pot in the first place? Or can I strain it in a fleshic strainer in the first place? So here, the Gemara does not explicitly relate to this, but the Rishonim deduced from the language of the Gemara, Once the naparnat was already created, then, lechachila, you can eat it with milk, which the way we paskin means, olu lechachila, you can eat with milk. Nitbashlu, if it was cooked, then lechachila, you shouldn't eat it with milk, but for you can. However, to be shown him right, it is never permissible to cause a naparnat lechachila and plan to take advantage of this leniency. Therefore, one may not even strain spaghetti in a fleshic strainer if one intends to eat it with cheese, or sp- strain spaghetti in a milk strainer, if one intends 
to eat it with meatballs. Straining spaghetti in a strainer, that's called alu. Hot spaghetti is landing in a cold strainer. Alu is definitely motor lecharchilo. We say, dogim she'alu b'kar kutach, a knot bar knot which was formed through the contact between hot and cold through alu, is permissible lecharchilo to mix with milk. Yes, it's permissible lecharchilo to mix it with milk once it was already formed as a knot bar knot. But it is not permissible to create the knot bar knot in the first place with intention to take advantage of this leniency and mix it with milk. There is we will see whether or not there are any exceptions, but it is never permissible to create the situation of not for not in the first place by 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 pl- by cooking or straining or placing the spaghetti onto a flashic pot in order to take advantage of the, the leniency of not for not and later eat it with milk. So far we have seen then, to summarize the halacha l'ma'aseh, that dogim she'alu b'ka'arish al-basar, if hot pirate was placed on cold fleshic dish, one is not allowed to cause the situation l'chachilu, you shouldn't put it on the hot fleshic dish, intending to take advantage of this leniency, but if it was already innocently placed on a fleshic dish, then we say lechachila that is not fleshik, and once it was already caused, one may lechachila mix it with milk. However, dogim shenit bashlu or nitzlu b'karishel basar, if it was cooked or roasted on a fleshik utensil, then we are more machmer like the rivan, and we say that lechachila, and we say that lechachila, even if it was already created, one should not mix it with milk, but if it was mixed with milk, the eved, we are makel. Now we have to discuss one case in which we are more machmir than the mainstream halacha, the baseline halacha that we've just explained, and two scenarios in which we are more mekel. The one case we are more machmir, which we won't go into now, but perhaps we'll devote another shear to its implications, is a dover charif. <clears throat> the Gemara there, in the next part of the sugya, seems to indicate that sharp foods, sharp or spicy foods, do not have a leniency of not bar not at all. If sharp or spicy foods are cooked in a fleshic pot, such as onions or garlic that was sautéed or roasted in a fleshic pot or a milchic pot, there is no leniency at all. Those onions or garlic are considered completely fleshic, the point where if you mix them with milk, we would say that is actual basar b'chalav that you have created. So this entire leniency does not apply to sharp or spicy foods. Again, at a future occasion, we will, Blineder, uh, try to define exactly what is considered a sharp or spicy food um, and uh, discuss some of the implications of this halacha. On the other hand, there are some cases when we are more lenient about not bar not. One of these is the Ramah. The Ramah tells us, He says, we are only somewhat machmir not bar not. Let's remember the chumrah of the Rivan. We say, do not mix a not bar not with milk if that not bar not was created through actual cooking, 
That chumrah only applies if one wishes to mix it with milk. But if one has spaghetti cooked in a fleshic pot, and you want only to put it into a milchic dish, meaning even to put it into a milchic dish and warm it up in a milchic dish, then we're not so machmir. The reason behind this is not entirely clear. Uh, some suggest that since there is no actual milk or actual meat involved in the end result, there is no suspicion of violating the prohibition of Basa B'cholav on the Torah level, Mida Raisa, and therefore we are not so strict. Others suggest that since you're not actually mixing it with milk, but you're just mixing it with a utensil, which once had a taste of milk, it's like there's another transfer there. There's a, two transfers of meat taste until your spaghetti, and two tra- a, one transfer of milk taste from the milk into the pot, and therefore, since there's three transfers involved here, we needn't be machmir at all, because whatever combined taste is created is doubtless going to be very weak. But whatever the svara is, the halacha tells us that it is mutter lechachila to put a naparnat into a milchikli. So even though we Ashkenazim, who are machmir like the Rivan would say, again, we would say, sp- spaghetti strained in a fleshy calendar, we can mix with milk. That's all of but spaghetti, which was cooked in a fleshic pot, we may not mix with cheese. But spaghetti cooked in a fleshic pot may be eaten on a milchic plate, even if you warm it up in the microwave in a milchic plate or a milchic Tupperware, or you could put it into par of soup in a milchic pot. We don't worry about mixing it with a milchic pot, only mixing it with milk itself. The Achronim debate, the Achronim debate whether this heter of litnan beklishelahem that it is permitted to mix a naparnat of meat with a milchic utensil, does this only apply to putting it lechachil in the utensil, or to distinguish between the two levels of lechachil which we have mentioned, should we even go so far as to say that it is permitted to lechachil cause spaghetti to become a naparnat of fleshik in the first place, it fully intending to warm it up in a milchic Tupperware, at work the next day. This is the subject of some debate. The Prima Godim quotes a number of Achronim who are makel in this respect and say not only may one take a napar, not a fleshik, and warm it up in a milchikli, one may even cause it to become a napar, not a fleshik in the first place with intention to warm it up in a milchikli. One may even intend to take advantage of this leniency in the first place because the milk and meat taste here is going to be so weak and indirect. The Prelegonim himself, someone inexplicably is machmir about this, but Moshe Feinstein writes in the Igris Moshe that uh, we have every right to be lenient about this question, and therefore, when it comes to merely warming it up in a milchic kli, not only after the spaghetti has been cooked in the fleshic pot can we be lenient and warm it up in a milchic kli, you can even cook it in a fleshic pot in the first place, intending to warm it up in a milchikli, uh, therefore, the uh, if one perhaps is preparing spaghetti to eat with meatballs for dinner that day, but has in mind that some of it should be left over for lunch the next day, that would certainly not be allowed if one had in mind to eat it with cheese the next day. As a matter of fact, we wouldn't even be able to mix it with cheese after it was cooked in the fleshic pot. But it's perfectly fine to cook spaghetti in a fleshic pot having full intention that you'll take some of the leftovers, or all of the leftovers, and uh, warm it up in a milchic kli to eat by itself the next day. A second leniency is found in the case of a pot, which is eno ben yomo. 
our entire discussion until now has been in the regular case of a fleshly pot as discussed in halacha, which in our modern day reality is actually the less common case, which is called a kedera bas yoma, or a kli ben yomo, a utensil used for meat within the last 24 hours. If the utensil was used for meat within the last 24 hours, the meat taste in that utensil is considered still fresh and has a positive net effect on the taste of the spaghetti or fish or whatever may be cooked in that pot. And therefore, we must take that into account. And that's when we get into the discussion of, is a nap or not? Mutter or not, when should we make it? When should we be machmer? As we've discussed until now. So everything we said until now has been a case where the pot had been used for meat within the last 24 hours. However, if the pot has not been used for meat within 24 hours, in our modern-day kitchens, many of us have so many different choices and sizes and styles of pots. It's not like, I don't know, maybe our grandmother had one fleshic pot. That's where everything was cooked. But we have many different fleshic pots. And more often than not, if we cook spaghetti in a fleshic pot, that pot hasn't been used for meat within the last 24 hours. We used the other pot for meat yesterday. So what's the din if it's Eino Ben Yomo? How luckily we say, a cliche Eino Ben Yomo is no St. Tom lift gum. If this utensil had not been used for meat within the last 24 hours, any meat taste in this utensil is really stale. And this meat taste will not impart a positive taste to the spaghetti cooked within it. If it imparts any taste at all, which we suspect it might, uh, it will impart a negative taste. Whatever meat taste in this spaghetti will be a stale or spoiled meat taste. And halakhically, that will not make it fleshy. So if the pot is Eina Ben Yomo, the pot hasn't been used within 24 hours, then the Ramad goes on to tell us all in Simon Sadi, hey, Seif Beis tells us, V'chein, Im haya klishen et bashlo nitzlobo lufgamshlo haya ben yomo, nogin het l'achilo l'achlomen amen asheni, that we are completely lenient if spaghetti was cooked in a fleshic pot that hadn't been used within 24 hours. Since any meat taste that went into the spaghetti is considered tam lifgam is a bad taste, which halachically has no valence, therefore, of course, the spaghetti can't be fleshic. So, even though we Ashkenazim are machmer that spaghetti cooked in a fleshic pot should not lechachila be mixed with milk, that's in a benyomo fleshic pot. But if the pot has been sitting idle for the last 24 hours, or at least sitting idle, not used for meat within the last 24 hours, then spaghetti cooked in that fleshic pot is 100% parif. And one may lechachila, mix it with milk, and consider it parif. The $64,000 question is, how far does this leniency extend? If the pot hasn't been used in 24 hours, Granted, the Ramah told us that lechachilo, once the spaghetti is cooked in it, that spaghetti can be mixed with milk. But should we go a step further? Will we say that one can even lechachilo cause the spaghetti to be not far not? One can even cook the spaghetti in the first place in this Eino Ben Yomo fleshic pot, in this fleshic pot that had, had not been used within 24 hours, intending to later mix it with milk? That is a subject of debate. The Gra in his commentary on the Shulchan Aruch here seems to imply that it would be permissible to even cook the spaghetti in the first place in this pot 
with intention to eat it with milk. So long as the pot has been sitting idle for 24 hours. The logic of the gra, also known as the Vilmagon, is very powerful. He says, the, the whole reason why we don't normally cook in trace utensils that have been sitting idle for 24 hours is that if we use utensils with a stale taste that's 24 hours old, we might accidentally come to cooking utensils with a fresh taste that's been used within the last 24 hours. So the Grah tells us, if the whole reason we're normally machmir, not to cook, let's say, milk in an old fleshic pot, or kosher in, a treif, in an old treif pot, is that we might get confused and accidentally cook in a freshly used pot, then in this case, even if we did cook spaghetti in a freshly used fleshic pot, and even if we did mix it with milk, and even if we did eat it, Bidi Eved, that would still be okay, because Bidi Eved, we say, it's all permissible, because Bidi Eved, we ignore the straight, stringent opinion of the Rivan. So the Vilna Gon says it doesn't make any sense that we need to forbid one thing, lest you come to do another thing, which, if you did, it would really be okay anyway. It doesn't make sense to say, don't cook the spaghetti in the old fleshic pot, lest you come to cook it in a freshly used fleshic pot, because even if you came to cook the spaghetti in a recently used fleshic pot, it would still be, and mixed it with milk, it would still be mutter to eat bedievet. Still, you wouldn't have eaten any treif. So the Vilnagon, therefore, says, since, even if you cooked spaghetti in a freshly used fleshic pot and mixed it with milk and ate it, in the end, we would say bedievet it was kosher. Therefore, you don't have to go so far as to forbid cooking spaghetti in a enobinyomo, in a fleshic pot that's been sitting idle for 24 hours. According to the Vilnagon, we are, in our modern-day kitchens, we're home free. Take a fleshic pot, make sure it hasn't been used in 24 hours, and cook whatever you want in it in order to eat it with milk. Take a milchic pan, make sure it hasn't been used in 24 hours, cook whatever you want in that, intending to eat it with meat. It alleviates the need, really alleviates the need for a power of pot in the modern-day kitchen, with the exception of sharp or spicy foods such as onions, which are a very, very serious and unfortunately all too common halachic issue, um, where one needs be, uh, one need be very wary. However, the Chochmas Adam disagrees with this implication of the Vilna Gon. The Chochmas Adam paskins explicitly that we are only lenient in an Eina Ben Yomo pot, in a pot that hasn't been used for 24 hours, after it's already been cooked in the pot, we are lenient to say, L'Kachili, you can mix it with milk. But before you start cooking, we're not lenient. Even though the pot hasn't been used in 24 hours, you shouldn't start the process in the first place, and you shouldn't cook the spaghetti in this pot in the first place, intending to mix it with milk, because even though th- there are two leniencies here, the pot hasn't been used in 24 hours, no centam lefgam, and it would be a second transfer of taste anyway, no centam bar no centam, nonetheless, you shouldn't get into the situation in the first place, intending to take advantage of leniencies. So according to the Chochmas Adam, you still might need a paref pot if I wanted to cook spaghetti, to eat half with meatballs and half with cheese, I'd still need a power of pot because I couldn't take any fleshic or milky pot, even if it hadn't been used in 24 hours, and the chachila start the bowl rolling in the first place and cook spaghetti in there with the intention to eat it with the opposite type of food. Halachalamase, many poskim seem to prefer the strict opinion of the chachmas adam here as opposed to the kula of the vilnagon, 
perhaps because the Chachmas Adam discussed this issue very explicitly, while the Vilna Gon merely implies uh, his position here without stating it in quite so explicit a fashion. The, uh, the modern-day halacha books quote from Rabbi Yashiv that it is proper to be machmer like the Chachmas Adam, except in cases of Shas Chach where you're really, really stuck and have no other option. Therefore, unless one is really stuck, um, one should be machmer like the Chachmas Adam. And even though if the pot hadn't been used in 24 hours, once it was cooked, you can be makel to lechachila, mix it with milk, you shouldn't cook the spaghetti in this fleshic pot in the first place if you intend to eat that spaghetti with milk. To summarize what we've learned so far, to summarize what we've learned so far, if spaghetti was already cooked in a fleshic pot, or fish was roasted on a fleshic grill, that is, dogim shenit bashlu bika basar, that is the case where the rivon would say those are considered fleshic, and most rishon would say they are considered uh, pariv, and in that case, if they were cooked in a fleshic pot, and that pot had been used for meat within the last 24 hours, we would be machmer l'chachila not to eat that spaghetti with milk, but b'dyevet, if it was already mixed with cheese, we would be permitted to eat it. And even l'chachila, we could warm that spaghetti up in a milchik plate or a milchik Tupperware. If the spaghetti had merely been strained in a milchik calendar, that is dogim she'alu or basar, then we can l'chachila, consider it parv, and mix it with milk, if we so desire. If the spaghetti had been cooked in an Einabin Yomo Fleshik pot, a pot that had not been used within 24 hours, we could also consider that to be parev l'chachila and eat it with milk. So, once the spaghetti's already been cooked in the pot, if it was merely strained in the calendar, it's parev. If it was cooked in a pot that hadn't been used within 24 hours, it's parev. The only time we're makar is if it was cooked in a pot that had been used within the last 24 hours, then one l'chachila should not mix it with milk, but b'dyevet, if it was already mixed with milk, you can eat it, and you don't have to throw it out. However, when it comes to the question of, can you cook in this fleshic pot in the first place, intending to later mix it with milk, we are makar like the chachos adam, and we say, under no circumstances, may we cook it in a fleshic pot, with full knowledge that we will later plan, that we plan to later mix it with milk, not only that, but we may not even strain it in a fleshic colander, intending to later eat it with milk. The only kula we have for cooking it in the fleshic pot or putting it on a fleshic tray or straining it in a fleshic strainer in the first place is if you intend to later merely warm it up in a milchic dish, then one can create the whole situation in the first place. One can create a naparnan in the first place intending to warm it up in a milchic dish, but under no circumstances may we create any level or scenario of nap or not in the first place, with intention to later mix it with milk, except under shasad chak, under if the pot had not been used within 24 hours, and we are really stuck. When we can be makel, and even the chach himself was makel in such cases. The one detail we have not yet discussed is, what about waiting six hours between meat and milk? Because nap or not is an, just another way of saying, a halachic way of saying, a concept that we may have heard of, the OU used to abbreviate it on some products, DE, dairy equipment. 
Not burned out is a case of food made in dairy equipment or in meat equipment. So, do you have to wait six hours after eating food made in meat equipment? And conversely, after eating meat, do you have to wait six hours before eating food produced on dairy equipment? So, the first question is much easier. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins explicitly in Yeridea, Simon Pei Tess, Seif, Gimel, the Ramah says that our minhag is to wait six hours after eating food cooked with meat. For example, if you had cholent and you only ate the barley and the beans, you would have to wait six hours afterwards. However, food cooked in a meat pot, you don't have to wait six hours afterwards. The logic of the Ramah seems very clear. Regardless of everything we've learned until now, this would be permissible. Because really, you only have to wait six hours after eating meat. Because meat has unique properties of sticking in your mouth. There are various different interpretations of why this is. But after eating something which tastes like meat, which goes down very easily and has no unique physical properties, doesn't stick in your mouth, one should not have to wait six hours. It's merely a minhug to wait six hours after eating the beans and barley from the cholent, after eating food cooked with meat. So the minhug is that we wait six hours after eating the food that was actually in the pot with meat. But after eating food cooked in a fleshic pot, even the minhug didn't go so far as to forbid this. So since, strictly logically, one should only have had to wait six hours after meat itself, and it's only a minhug to wait six hours after the beans and barley from the cholent, the minhug didn't go that far. We don't have to wait six hours after eating food cooked in a fleshic pot. And as a matter of fact, this is independent of the rule of not barnat. Even in cases where the kula of not barnat would not apply, one still doesn't have to wait six hours after eating food cooked in a fleshic pot. For example, even after eating onions cooked in a fleshic pot, or after even after eating food cooked in a dirty fleshic pot, which might have had enough meat residue on it to give a little meat taste, one never has to wait six hours after eating spaghetti or para food cooked in a fleshic pot. That's the easy question. The more common question that comes up which is not dealt with in the Shulchan Aruch, or even by any of the commentaries on the same page as the Shulchan Aruch, is after eating bona fide meat, can one eat food produced on dairy equipment within six hours? And here, the later Achronim are mekel for a variety of reasons. Even some of the reasons suggested are that perhaps eating milk within six hours of meat is only prohibited because it seems like eating milk with meat, but if all you're having is food produced on dairy equipment, that doesn't seem like milk. Or uh, perhaps eating milk within six hours of meat is only possibly might constitute some sort of basar b'chalov because there might be a meat residue in your mouth. Since it only might be basar b'chalov and uh, many Rishonim are mekel, that lechachila one may combine a naparnat of milk with meat. So, since there are only might be meat in your mouth, and this naparnat only might be milchik, say, according to the Rivan, um, then we can be mekel. So, for various svaras, the achronim are mekel, they say, even though we Ashkenazim are machmir, that we would not take something produced in dairy equipment and combine it with meat, Anything cooked in dairy equipment, we would lechachila not combine with meat, but we can lechachila eat it within six hours of eating meat. Therefore, even one who is, as we say in our contemporary parlance, even one who is fleshik 
may eat food which was produced or cooked on milchic equipment, such as cookies and such that are parav, but may have been produced in a factory that produces milchik, or food you cooked at home in your milchik utensils, regardless of whether it was merely placed on a milchik utensil, or cooked in a milchik utensil, or baked in a milchik utensil, whether the milchik utensil has been yomo or not been yomo, had or had not been used within 24 hours, in all circumstances, a not bar not of milk may be eaten within six hours of uh, meat. However, many achronim are machmer, that onions cooked in a milchik pot, which would, as we mentioned earlier, would be considered 100% milchik, should not be eaten within six hours of meat. Since you ate actual meat and the residue remains in your mouth, and these onions would be considered actually milchik, one should not eat them within six hours of meat. This is somewhat controversial, but most achronim seem to be of that opinion. So to summarize, we've seen that if you eat food cooked in a fleshic pot, even if it doesn't fall under the category of no sentam bar no sentam, because it was cooked in a fleshic pot with some residue of meat, or because it was onions, or other sharp spicy foods, any cooked food in a, food cooked in a fleshic pot, any par food, merely cooked in a fleshic pot, does not make you fleshic, you don't have to wait six hours. Conversely, if you ate real meat, and now you're eating something which falls under the category of not bar not, now you're eating food cooked in a dairy pot, regardless of the fine distinctions we made earlier, we are making in all cases, that food cooked in a dairy pot may be eaten within six hours of meat.